Right, you may be seated. It's good to see everyone today. Hope you've had a good week so far. It's good to have Anna hanging around with us today. It's good to have you back. Um, enjoy this time of worship. Uh, I look forward to this time each week, a chance to come and uh, give a word of encouragement to uh, really join together and open God's Word and really let it speak to our hearts. And so uh, in order to give you a word of encouragement, uh, well, before we do that, let me uh, dismiss the kiddos, the kids. Uh, if there's kids here that want to go next door to the kids' table, you're welcome to. And that's for all ages. So if you're getting kind of antsy and think coloring sounds nice, Play-Doh, those kind of things, it's next door. So, Word of encouragement. Misery haunts those with too much as well as those with too little. Thank you very much. I thought that was a funny way to start. Uh, and it worked. Not really. Anyway, it was funny trying to figure out how to, where to start today. Uh, I felt like that was a kind of a Debbie Downer to start with. Misery haunts those with too much as well as those with too little. Uh, so there we are. We're starting talking about misery. And I think that this is a, a, a truth that I think if we, if we reflect on it, we find that, it, that, it's, that it's really true. And it's not a, a truth that is brand new. It always seems to have been this way. And we live in a world where there is a lot of poverty and we live in a world where there is much excess and misery exists in both of those places. Us as Americans, we happen to be those who uh, have too much in a lot of cases. Uh, we, we, and we have misery that's associated with the too much end of the spectrum rather than the too little most often. And uh, someone said it this past week, and I think they said it well. I don't know if it was Ryan you said it, but it's like, Poverty in the United States looks a lot different than poverty looks in Somalia right now. I mean, most of the people who are really struggling with the misery of poverty in Somalia right now would look at the American poor and think, man, they've got it made. You know, so kind of a, a subjectivity to it in a way. But misery haunts both ends of the spectrum, those with too much and those with too little. And like I said, this isn't a new truth. It's an old truth. If you look in your, if you brought your Bible, you can turn to the book of Proverbs. And these are the sayings of a guy named Agur. Agur, if you're looking for good kids' names, um, here you go. Agur, A-G-U-R. I don't know. You'd be the first kid in this class named Agur. This is from a chapter that are the sayings of Agur. The sayings of Agur, son of Jakhe. J-A-K-E-H. So, there you have it. But look at verse 7 through 9. We find some true wisdom here. Proverbs chapter 30. Sorry, there you go. You need that. Sheesh. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 through 9, it says this. Two, two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. And this is the first thing. Keep falsehood and lies far from me and give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. I don't know who Agur is, but man, he hit it out of the park right there. I mean, he hit it right on the head. It's like he's identifying this, this middle path of simplicity. This middle path of simplicity that helps us avoid... Uh, the extreme of excess and the extreme of poverty. And he says, don't give me either of those. Don't give me either of those. Don't give me too much 
Otherwise, I might disown you and say, God, who are you? I don't need you anymore. Or I might be poor and I might steal and, and uh, dishonor your name. So don't give me poverty and don't give me riches. Just give me my daily bread. Just give me that which I need today. And I will trust you for that because it, it keeps me in that place. If I'm looking to you for my daily bread, it keeps me in a necessary place on that solid footing of simplicity. And that's what I'm excited about today is talking about simplicity for a second week. If you were here last week, we spent some talking about the inner attitudes of simplicity. And this week, we're going to talk about how when we cultivate that inner, those inner attitudes of simplicity, it gives expression to these outward practices, these outward expressions of simplicity, the way that these things will show up in our lives. Because we talked about an important fact that if, if we're focused on having the external, the, the outward expressions of simplicity without the inner attitudes, uh, we just become prideful. It's just a new kind of hypocrisy and a new kind of legalism, really. So something has to happen deep inside of us through the transforming work of the Spirit, grounded in prayer and Scripture, that allows that true, godly idea of simplicity to take root in our hearts that then flows outward and changes how we live our lives and it affects our relationships and our interactions with the world. So give me my daily bread. He talks about the middle path of simplicity. Richard Foster says this, The inward reality of simplicity involves a joyful unconcern for possessions. Neither the greedy nor the miserly know this liberty. It has nothing to do with abundance or lack of possessions. It is an inward spirit of trust. An inward spirit of trust. And I think this is really the heart of the matter right here. Is that ultimately what God desires of us is not that we live this way or that, or that we pursue this or pursue that. It's that we have this inward spirit of trust that looks to him and says, you are the creator and you are the sustainer. You have the power to give and to sustain and protect and preserve all that I need in this life. So we look to him for our daily bread, for our, our sustenance. Last week we defined simplicity as this. And on your, on your sheet today, on the song sheet, there's a lot of space for taking notes. Um, we designed it that way this week because there are some things you might want to write down this week because we're going to talk about several of these outward practices or outward expressions that you might want to write down. But last week we identified simplicity as this. It is the gift of living simply and living free. Free from fear and anxiety. Free from the bondage of excess and gluttonous attitudes. And free to fully trust God and to seek His kingdom. You notice this word keeps showing up in, in, our, in our definition of simplicity. This word free. That we are free. We're set free. The point of the spiritual disciplines as a whole is freedom. And the point, the goal, the, the, the idea of the discipline of simplicity, likewise, is freedom. It's freedom. Simplicity is the only thing that sufficiently reorients ourselves so that, the possessions, so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed without destroying us. I'll read that again. It's a good quote from Richard Foster. He says, Simplicity is the only thing that sufficiently reorients ourselves so that possessions can be genuinely enjoyed without destroying us. Have you ever known someone that started out by enjoying something, maybe something fairly innocuous, something fairly benign, but then all of a sudden it just grew into this obsession. It started really 
uh, ruining some of their relationships. It started stealing all their free time. It began to occupy their mind all the time. This is why I had to stop playing video games. I mean, I'm not a video game guy, but back when like uh, Duke Nukem, I don't know if you remember that game, came out, I was an idiot. I mean, I, I would come home from work, get on the computer and play Duke Nukem till like 2 in the morning, then go to bed, wake up the next day like a slug, go to work or go to school, do something, come back home. And Christy had very little tolerance for that. Very little tolerance. And it quickly came to the point where it's like I had to choose. I could either have my wife and a good relationship with her, or I could have Duke Nukem. <laughs> but I discovered something about myself, is that I have a hard time having possessions and setting boundaries, setting, uh, containing those in my life so that they don't become obsessive and start ruining me. Possessions have a way, and, have the, and, and we run the risk with our possessions of letting them destroy us if we're not careful. And we'll talk a bit more about this. But in, Ma- in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34 we see what Jesus was saying. And and this is at the end of a long chapter called Do Not Worry. And Jesus just really is surrounded by people that are hungry for His words. And He wants to to invite them into a new reality. And He wants to encourage them not to worry. He says there's something very uh, sinister about the world and the way it works and that we think we can find security and comfort and safety in the things that we surround ourselves with. But it's really not about those things at all because we know that those things can fall to the ground at any time. And we're reminded of that on days like today, aren't we? When the things that we place our security in uh, prove to be vulnerable and prove to be uh, unreliable given a change in circumstances. And so he's saying, hey, don't worry. Don't worry. Look at the world. The stuff that totally relies on God is taken care of. The birds, the flowers of the field, it happens. God takes care of those things. And if he, if he takes care of those things, he's going to take care of you because he loves you. You are His children. He's going to take care of you. He's going to give you what you need. So don't worry. And pick it up in verse 33. He says, But seek first the kingdom, but seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The verse 34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This whole thing he's been talking about, he's identifying the root cause of our, of our grasping for more, our, our, our pursuit of all this stuff in our lives. And it's really fear. It's anxiety and worry about tomorrow, about are we going to have enough? I mean, you may have watched that show called Hoarders on TV, and it's just like addicting because it's like, who are these people? I mean, I saw a guy driving a Suburban the other day that was a hoarder. Had to be. Had to be. The entire thing was full of junk. The dashboard was stacked up to about six inches of the windshield, and I could see him peeking over it driving, and he was pulling a trailer full of junk too. And we look at those people and we think, those guys are nuts. But I think what we're seeing is just an excess of that feeling we have in our own heart. This desire to be safe, to be secure, to have enough, to be not caught unprepared or found inadequate. So in a way, we're kind of all hoarders. We're just not crazy about it and people can't see it. You know? So we kind of share this. We understand hoarders in a way and we're kind of horrified by it because when seen in excess it's like whoa we see something about ourselves and we're like "Ooh, i'd never be that way but jesus seems to identify our fear identify our anxiety about tomorrow but he says here's what you do he didn't just say don't worry he said pursue this instead seek god's kingdom the kingdom that is at hand seek the kingdom and his righteousness and then all this stuff 
will be added to you. Seek God. Seek His kingdom, His righteousness, and all the other things that you need in your life will find their proper place. So don't worry. Last week we talked about the inner attitudes of simplicity. How do we create space for and orient our, our inner life around this truth that Jesus reveals? How do we move from freedom or from worry and anxiety toward freedom? Well, we said this first. We, we get to where we can receive what we have as a gift from God. We acknowledge that God gives us these things. Secondly, we know that it's God's business to preserve and to take care of what we have. We don't worry about it. We don't go crazy trying to protect what we have. We understand that God 